Cast podcast where we love you long time. Today is April 18th, 2015. I'm Wafo, and joined with me, as always, is Ranza and sometimes even Mitch. Hi. Hi. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> sometimes even Mitch. I love that. Uh, well, it's, he's been out of the entire show twice already. Yeah, two out of I've four. So busy. Two out of four. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> so the plans we have for this episode is that we have a special guest, Pedro Santos Guimarães from Brazil. He is one of the fastest South American Cubers and one of the two new WCA board members, along with Oliver Perigo from Hungary. This episode, we're going to be talking with Pedro about world championships, South American cubing in general, what it means to be on the WCA board, and a lot of other cool stuff. But first, we had some housekeeping. We'll be doing a tagline raffle. So what it is, is you submit your best taglines to us at our email, cubecast at gmail.com. And if we like it, we'll reply to you. And your name will be entered into a raffle where you can win $5 from the cubicle.us. Your name can only get one entry, so make your taglines count. All taglines approved will be featured on our website and maybe even on the show, regardless whether or not you win the prize. We are still accepting suggestions for any guests that you'd like to have on. We have a few ideas in mind, but we'd like to also know your input on particular guests. Uh, we had an email come in regarding having Felix as a guest and... We've talked with Felix, and it seems that Felix doesn't want to be on the show right now, as he's already been on the CubeCast podcast in our previous iteration, what, three times? Something like that? Yeah, he's been on, like, yeah. three. Multiple yeah. seasons, too. Yeah, so we're going to be waiting a little while before we try having Felix or any of the other guests who are in on the previous iterations of the CubeCast on. So... Yeah, we can do that. Well, we already had Noah, so we can't really say that. But, you know, it's going <laughs> to... And we're considering uh, Rob Yao, too. Yeah, we're considering Rob Yao as well. Uh, we're considering... Yeah, he's already been on there. Yeah, we're, we're considering a lot of cool people, but also a lot of new people. So definitely stay tuned. Additionally, if you have any feedback about how we can do the episode better, whether it be audio editing, whether it be what kind of content we produce, uh, things that you like, things that you don't like, please give that to us because the only way that we can function effectively as a podcast is if we have the backing of all of you wonderful people in the community so thanks again for listening and thanks in advance for any feedback that you have so now for wca news this weekend uh there's going to be a different kind of world record being held luis yanez uh, the creator of cube comps a spanish delegate noted that this weekend the world cube association will establish a new record itself 16 official competitions will be held in 13 countries and the countries are listed as Colombia, France, Germany, Indonesia, Mexico, Poland, Romania, Slovenia, South Africa, Spain, Sweden, USA has four competitions, uh, Venezuela, um, and all the continents except Oceania, five continents. All right, we're going to move on to our world records and continental records. So the first competition we're going to be talking about is Polish Open 2015 in, well, Poland, where there was a world record mean for feet by Jakub Kipa with a 29.96 <laughs> feet mean. So feet is sub-30 mean, officially. Crazy. 
I watched the video of this, and it was the reaction was priceless because all all you saw because um, I, I really liked the angle that souls were being filmed at because they were it was like the cube was really nicely focused on in the videos, and then right after the right after stopping the timer, the third attempt, just dude just like backs out of his chair and like flips his whole chair over. It was the best thing I've seen in a while. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't seen the video yet, but it sounds really exciting. I need to go watch that after we're finished here. Yeah, there will be a link in the show notes to that video if anyone would like to see it. Great. The next competition we have is a uh, fabulous Minnesota competition 2015 in the U.S. FMC and other things as well. Uh, we have, what is this, uh, NAR by Kale Shoon for five line with six minutes, 26 seconds, and wait, six minutes, and 26.89 seconds. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I was reading the speed solving thread, and Kale uses, like, half old Pachman for corners. Why? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's crazy to think somebody's that good. And as far as execution goes, well, corners are corners. It, yeah. It's nothing new, even from a two-by-two stage. <laughs> <laughs> So, but I don't know. It's just kind of cool, and he's been solving five line for under a year. So that just goes to show Wait, really? how much. Yeah, yeah. He's pretty new. Yeah, he's pretty new. It's the whole, like, kind of like that's unbelievable. The progression that he's had, like a, a year, he's able to do that. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah, it just goes to show like what practice and really caring about the events that you like to do is. Like, if. I I don't know. Would I ever try five blind? Probably not. Why don't you guys? <laughs> no. Uh, tried it. Tried it. Yeah, I tried it once. It's horrible. And I tried, I tried solving into this really. So the the method that I tried using was I would memorize into a three by three. That's just like wide turns, and then memorize the resulting three by three. What? But why? <laughs> for fun, for, it was awful. For fun, <laughs> yeah, it was awful. Fun. Like if I, if, like the way I would do it is just straight comms everything. Well, yeah, I just it was a proof of concept. Proof of concept. <laughs> 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 That's such a ridiculous excuse. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I know this can be done, but can I do it? That, that was that was more the reason why. I, I mean, like I guess because I I reduce four by four to two by two for fun. Yeah. So I, I guess I have nothing to to actually say. I can't really say much. Yo, I usually just solve four by four these days, layer by layer, because why not? Ew, oh my it's god, it's easy. That makes me cringe. It's not even bad. All right. It's only bad to you, Mitch. Jeez. If you say so. It's only right. bad to you. No one cares about your opinion, so, Mitch. <laughs> the next competition that uh, happened was uh, Chiang Cherry Blossom 2015, held in China. Um, Evan Liu from the United States set both the world record for clock, single, and average of 4.80 seconds for the single and 5.94 for the average. Clock is now officially sub-5 for single and sub-6 for average, which is pretty insane. <laughs> I remember seeing, um, I think it was David Woner's, uh sub-5 clock single like six years ago or something like that, and I was just amazed, but... I, I didn't think it would really take that long to finally get sub-five an official, but I guess it, you know, 
sometimes it takes a long time for improvements. But the average is mind blowing because sub six on clock average is just insane and stupid fast. That's that's so crazy. And we've been talking like the past two episodes about really uh, about clock results that are really really close to a world record. And just uh, I remember who, I think it was Wojciech not had a ridiculously close clock single and average or something like that to where like if one solve was just a little bit better he would have beaten world record it's it's awesome to see so many contenders for clock just the same thing as blind how we have maskov and we have kaijun lin thousands of miles separating them and then yet having having such comparable and competitive results all on a global scale that's just really cool to me Yep. Uh, the next thing was Huawei Fan from China at the same competition. He got a 7.85 3x3 ASR average, which is 10th in the world currently. So we have quite a few sub-8 averages officially, and last time I checked, we only had 9. But So 3x3 is getting faster, and I didn't realize this. <laughs> I watched the video of this, too, because uh, it's on speed solving. I'll include a link in the show notes. Uh, but Oh, the guy's hands are so fast. I was looking through the thread. I finally found breast reconstructions, and his TPS was like seven, consistently. Ridiculous. That's pretty crazy. Utterly ridiculous. I don't get. It's just like it's disgustingly fast how he turns. Like Felix is one thing, but damn. But yeah, like how, how if like we his, talked his, about yeah, a t- video we saw that Robbie I posted in in a group that we're in. And the dude's tendons look at like they're popping out of his hands oh, when he's yeah. solving. Uh, oh, was, was that, that like, like the, that a... the six average of twelve or something like that, or yeah. seven average of twelve? Yeah, that was the one. Yeah. That's this guy. Yeah, the guy with the bad sure. like timer starts and stops or something like hey, that. Man. I can't remember. Hey man, that's all you. <laughs> In the plus twos. I I don't know, but like yeah, that guy was insane. His TPS was just like. I, I, like, don't understand how he can just be so fast. And he did normal stuff, too. It was just OLO and PLO. There was no insane tricks or anything. So the next competition we're going to be talking about is Welcome Back to Guildford 2015, hosted in the United Kingdom. And we have a world record by Ollie Frost for 5x5 blindfolded with 5 minutes 35.85 seconds. What? (laughs) Everybody loves Ollie Frost, man. Ollie Frost, king of big blind... Yo, we should have Ollie Frost on. That'd be really cool. Talk about big blind, even though none of us do big blind. Basically, like yeah, closest I got, I I think I've done one four blind solve successfully. Successfully? Yeah, it was uh. like nineteen minutes, so it was ridiculous. Like, uh. Ollie cuts my my four blind times down by like a factor of three, by more than a factor of three. Dude solves five by five blindfolded faster than I can do seven by seven. <laughs> just like that's kind of just a shame. <laughs> Yo, that, that oh god, how is that possible? I don't even get it. Uh, yeah. I, just, I just don't even get it. And the next competitor we have is Alexander Lau from the UK with a seven point three seven three by three average European record. Congratulations! Second yeah. in the world now. Second in the world, yeah. Finally, be Mats. Basically. Yeah, so the current lineup for the top 10 is Felix with his 654, then Alex Lau with 737, then Mats Valk, Bill Wang, Lucas Etter, Cornelius Diekmann, Daria Rora Sanchez, Philip Weyer, Kevin Costello III, and then Howie Fan as our top 10, where 10th place is 7.85. And oh, good lord. <laughs> top, top 10's ridiculous. 
Holy yeah, because n- second place through ninth place. So second place is seven thirty-seven, and the ninth place is Kevin Costello the third with seven sixty-nine. It's like everything's happening within a point three two of a second. Oh, and then there's oh. Felix. Yeah. Well, it's Felix. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> then there's Felix, who's like point eight three seconds faster than Alex's average. Yeah. But that's Felix. What can we expect? I mean, like, mm-hmm. this is the highest a Rusolver has gotten. So. Oh yeah, ever, ever, ever. He's sitting where I want to be sitting, basically. <laughs> Well, he's sitting where I would have been wanting to sit like three years ago. Oh, <laughs> <Aww. laughs> like right, right now, my only my only concern is spreading the love of cubing. Yeah, and I think we do a pretty good job here at the good old Cubecast podcast, wouldn't you say? Indeed, we do. That was cheesy as. <laughs> f- okay, moving on. Oh my god! All right. <laughs> the next, or uh, the last competition that we had a uh, world record from, actually, is the last one we have a record for in general. Is uh, Spring Comes 2015 in uh, South Korea with uh, Yu Dayan from uh, South Korea with a 37.58 Megaminx world record single. Congratulations My to her. Uh, she's just dominating Megaminx. It's just like, oh, no one's just going to get as fast as her. It's ridiculous. No one's even, like, remotely close. At all. Yeah. Like, like 37. Like, that's ridiculous. How? She's like, and- oh, my God. This is this is another one where the video was posted in speed solving. I'll include a link, but like her reaction to this solve, it was like, oh, just another Megaminx solve. I'm like, bruh, bruh, <laughs> bruh. <laughs> if I could solve Megaminx anywhere near that, if I, yo, if I if I could solve it in in three times that time, that's like, what is that like, uh, two minutes? Yeah, Not even two minutes. A little, a little bit, yeah. I I would be so happy. You you have no idea how happy I would be. I would just be like, "Yo, I got this thing done in 120 seconds. F yeah." <laughs> but no, no. She gets a 37, and she's like, "Eh." The way she turns is amazing. Like yeah, it's fluid and beautiful. It's it's. I, I have a tear in my eye thinking about it. Oh, that's oh. so cute. So <laughs> moving on to the uh, regular news. Uh, <laughs> 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 all right chris hardwick meets chris hardwick for all you cubers out there you might know of a chris hardwick who solves rubik's cubes well they, they, okay so they both can solve rubik's cubes but the one that i'm referring to has been and currently is very influential in the blind solving community he's the h in the bh method and then there's another chris hardwick a self-proclaimed and i wouldn't argue nerd and host of the nerdist also a stand-up comedian and at one of his stand-up shows, the uh, the cuber, Chris Hardwick, happened to be in attendance. Now, story goes that the comedian, Chris Hardwick, has known of the existence of the cuber, Chris Hardwick, for years and years and years, since 2008. And they were finally able to meet, I think it was last week, maybe a couple weeks ago. And comedian Chris Hardwick called cuber, Chris Hardwick, up to the stage and do a solve and interact. It was so cool. There's a video link in the show notes and that, that's just wild to me that just the chance to meet a celebrity did you um you guys remember the chris hardwick video um when it was on his show like they just showed a clip of him doing the cube or something or no they they talked about him yeah on yeah. the show that was a yeah. that was a while ago yeah and now uh, they finally yeah. get to meet comedian chris hardwick has a show called at midnight and at one point or another they mentioned the cuber chris hardwick and it it all coming back together, having them to finally meet and then 
Communion Chris Hardwick taking a selfie with Cuba Chris Hardwick holding up a solved cube. That's it's, it's just really cool and something that, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what to call that. It's just really touching and it's adorable. And we need more stuff like that happening. Yo, people with names like ours do awesome stuff so we can meet <laughs> them and have stuff like this happen. Oh. It's never going to happen, but it was really cool for Chris Hardwick and <coughs> just wildly awesome. So go check that out. So speaking of touching and heartwarming stuff, uh, the new cubes that have come out recently. Um, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's definitely one the it's, it's not the worst segue I've heard. <laughs> um, oh boy. So the Moyu is just like spewing out cubes at us right now, and it's really annoying. But uh, the Moyu Hualong came out, um, and it is the third version of the Moyu Weilong. And I've heard it's all right. It's $16 on the cubicle.us if you're interested. Um, the other cube that came out like a week, or not a week before, it was about a month before, the Hualong is the Kong's Design Yuying. Um, that's a Moyu cube as well. Uh, it's $15. I personally, I have it, and it's actually pretty nice. I'm using it as my main right now. There's just a couple corner twisting issues that you just tighten down the tensions. It's fine. Um, the other shitty cube that came out was the Fang Shi Guanying. Uh, that's $15 on the cubicle.us. The last cube is the GANS 356mm. Um, for some reason, this cube is more expensive than all the other ones. Uh, the unstickered version is $23 on the cubicle.us. But this is because of the screwdriver that they include and all the extra stuff that comes with it. Because the cube has like the octopus core and... Ooh. You have to use the special screwdriver to tighten down the bolts. and Yeah, because it doesn't use screws like the other cubes. It uses bolts, and it's really interesting core. But I've heard it's pretty good, um, but we'll just have to see. I think Jay has it, so if you've seen his... I'm planning on getting that, by the way. Yeah, it, but it's so expensive, so I'm, yeah. I'm hesitant about it. Jay has it, and he posted like a couple really fast averages with it, so if you want to go see that, just go look at Jay's channel. So right. that's pretty much it about new cubes. All right, and that covers all of our regular news. Now we're going to be taking the commercial break. After the break, we'll introduce Pedro Santos Guimarães, one of South America's greatest speed cubers, newly elected board member. After the break. This episode of the CubeCast podcast is brought to you by thecubicle.us, trusted by speed cubers and puzzlers worldwide. Check them out at their website, thecubicle.us. Alrighty, we're back, and joining us now is our guest, Pedro. How you doing, Pedro? I'm fine. How are you? Are you Great. Doing? Just fantastic. Doing alright. Yeah, doing Pretty good. really well. Really excited. So, um, Pedro, you are uh, one of the newly inducted members of the WCA board, one of uh, South America's fastest, greatest uh, speed cubers. Um, you've been cubing for a very long time. Ten years, you just said, uh, before yeah, you yeah. jumped on. Um, it's going to be 10 years in this next July, so it's a long, long time. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Can you give us, uh, like, what got you into cubing in the first place? Oh, I once saw uh, a video in an Orcute community. Do you guys know Orcute? Yes. Yes. So there, there was a, a community about games or something like that, and I saw a video of, of one guy solving the cube in, like, 1 minute 30. And I said, no way, that's not even possible. You, you can't solve that, that thing. 
So I just started looking for ways to solve. I got a, a cube, tried for, a, I don't know, maybe a week, and I got to do one side, and I decided to get some, some help, and I learned, and I've been doing since since then, and it's really funny. <laughs> yeah, when was your first competition? Uh, it, it was the World Championship in 2007, actually, so I was like more than, than two years just cubing and talking to people via email, the Yahoo groups. I, I don't know if, it, if oh. people know, know that, but oh, yeah, that's... we used that a lot back, back then. Oh, yeah. that's old school. <laughs> I think it's, it's dead by now, but it was great at the time. Oh yeah, it's it's very it's much still, gone. Yeah, it, yeah, that, that place is pretty dead. But the amount of cubing history that went yeah. on there is unbelievable. So, what do you average now um, on all your uh, events that you'd like to do? At uh, three by three, I can probably do a sub twelve average in any day. On a good day, I'll do some like something like low eleven, maybe sub eleven, but. I was faster some some time ago. Life has been catching up to me, so I don't have that much time. But I can do. Yeah. I I would say eleven point five. It's my my global average. And one-handed, I've been stuck around the twenty-second mark for some time. On blindfolded, I can do something from one ten to a minute fifty on bad solves. And the rest, 4x4 is about 55 seconds. The 5x5 I don't really do anymore. I used to be at like 150. And the Mega Minks, I once got to around 130 average, but now I'm, I'm like wow. 140. I, I don't practice that much. And Clock, I used to be kind of good. I, I had a, a sub 10 official average some years ago but now I don't really do it so I'll probably guess something like 10 or 11 seconds on on average and then finally square one which is quite a mess I can get times from 25 to 45 <laughs> seconds but I, I guess the oh, average man. is like 30 so I, I I would say that oh yeah I know the feeling <laughs> yeah it's yeah, had a competition last week like that. It was so bad. My average went from, oh, I had a DNF, and then I got a 23 single, and then a couple of solves later was a 45. I'm like, what What am I doing? I don't... Square one is just yeah. so difficult to get really consistent because of that whole yeah, parity I, thing. I never, I never learned the, the full corner permutation and parity. I only know a few cases, so if I get a bad case, I'll probably get a 40-second solve. And if I get lucky with no parity, I can get like 22 or something. So you just uh, talked about your all like what you do, what what your records are nowadays. Uh, like going through your yeah. WCA profile, you have a lot of continental records. That it, really just a, a massive amount of continental records, yeah. uh, which is really really great because you have all these things from all the way back from World Championships 07, which is really crazy. Yeah, I I have that many records because no one was doing those those things back then. I started doing pyraminks, and I got the record. And just a couple of years later, I'm like 
50, <laughs> 50 plays or, or something. I, I, I never do it anymore actually, but from 2007 to around 2009 or 10, I was winning everything. But then people started getting too fast and I couldn't <laughs> catch up anymore. Yeah, how's the speed cubing community in South America grown uh, in the time that you've been competing? Oh, it's it's been huge. I mean, Brazil has I I think the fifth spot in the list of most persons. We get new new people each competition, like ten or twenty in a in a big competition. So we're growing fast, but I don't think we'll ever reach uh, the U.S. or China numbers because. Cubing is not that popular here, and I don't know if it will be that popular like it's on the U.S., for example, but in 2009, I think we had like four competitions only, and this year it's been like, I, I don't even know, I have to check that, but I think probably 12 or, or, or something, and we're just starting, I think the second semester we'll have some more we're sp spreading cubing uh, to other parts of the country and it's it's growing each year and I I hope we can keep that going yeah when did you first become a delegate it was just after the world championships in 2007 I used to, to talk to Tyson Mao and Ron through Yahoo and that stuff and I met them at Budapest and in the at at the end of the year, I think December, there was a guy doing a a competition just for for fun, and I asked Tyson, "Oh, what does it take to be official?" And he said, "Oh, you you need a delegate, you, you need timers, and you need to follow the rules." And he said, "Well, you can be the delegate." I said, "Okay." <laughs> and it's it's been I don't know almost. 2007 it's been almost eight years and I actually I haven't delegated that many competitions but I pretty much always delegate and organize competitions so it's been uh, lots of fun and lots of work too pretty much every time oh, wow. I if I'm not the main organizer I'll just help the whole time I just can't see things not getting done or getting done some bad ways so I step in and, and, and help yeah yeah that's that's a lot like here um, at competitions that Mitch and I and that, that we organize we always try having our staff be really competent and efficient people in order to be able to hold a ridiculous number of events with a ridiculous number of people uh, how many people would you say are at the average competition in Brazil uh, it's it's hard to say because we we have competitions in Sao Paulo, which is the biggest city, and there was one this month, which was announced like forty five days ago, and it had more than a hundred people, and it had only three by three. So wow, wow! Competitions there are usually big, but in other small cities, you can have. 20 or maybe 50 sometimes 80 but i i don't know if you if we can calculate an average from that because each each region is is different if you go to to some small city where there's not a a, a big community you you may have 30 people but if you go to sao paulo you have 100 or 120 
Do you think it's kind of harder for people to get around in Brazil and get to competitions? Yeah, it is. Uh, the country is big, and the plane tickets are not very cheap, so you you'd have to, to take a bus. But if you're gonna take a bus ride of I don't know, six hundred kilometers, that's not so fun. So <laughs> that's so far. People will go to competitions near nearby and. If you get a good promotion, you can get a, a cheap plane ticket, but it's not always the, the case. So traveling inside Brazil is not that easy, and people will mainly go to a competition in their region, except for a, a national competition. Which people are a little bit more inclined to yeah, go yeah, places. They'll, they'll go a little farther away to, to meet friends and make new friends. Yeah, and then not only nationals, but this year, uh, I'm sure all of our listeners know, World Championships is being held in Sao Paulo, and uh, what what do you think of of Worlds being held there this year? How well prepared do you think we are, and what do you think it means for the, for the speedkeeping community in South America? Well, I think it's a huge thing. I, I was looking at the registered people the other day, and... I think more than half is from Brazil, and there is uh, some people from Peru, from Colombia, from Argentina, and but we we have a lot of people coming from the U.S., from Europe, from Asia. So I think it's going to be a great competition, and people will will have a chance to to meet their heroes like Felix, like Mats Valk, like Kevin Hayes, and all those great speed cubers we might never get to know in in person so i think the brazilians who go there will have a great experience and will probably get very motivated to keep cubing and keep going to competitions it's it's so cool because i i have some friends even uh jay mcneil our the guest on our previous episode he's definitely going to world championships and he's really excited to see everything down there uh, what do you think of I, I know that there was a competition called Pre Mundial, where it was like a pre World yeah. Championships. How did that go? How how was everything with that? It it went really really nice. Actually, we we had like 150 people. We were expecting a little more, but things flowed nice. We ended pretty much in time. We had in we had the chance to try multiple locations we had three separate competitions going on like the main stage side stage and the long events room we never done that before so it, it was a good practice and I think we we got to see some stuff which will will help us get a good competition in July we expect that there will be a, a round 300 to 350 competitors so we will be ready we're making schedules and getting staff separated to to compete before and help at the competition so we can get things done in time and make everyone happy yeah um i think i watched the pre-mundial video and was there two separate like main stage rooms because uh i think they had like 
a video of it, and there was like people doing three by three in one room and th- people doing three by three in the other room. No, I can't remember if that's actually uh, true. the main stage was a court, a sports court, and the side stage was an auditorium. But we used the side stage for finals, so the three by three final was at the side stage. So that's why you saw two different places. But the main stage was was the sports court, and okay. we moved all the finals to the side stage to get a better comfortable room for people to to watch what's it like being a part of the wca board and having 40 percent of the current board from south america having like having a great legacy that's going to be ahead of you and ahead of your country and ahead of your continent um what's it like to be preparing for world championships, having to play all these different roles of organizer and delegate and board member, and then ultimately competitor as well. Yeah, uh, being in the, in the board is a great honor. I'm, I'm very happy that they accepted me, and I hope I can do a good job. I, I, I know the, the board's been doing a great job so many years, and I, I'm, I'm very happy actually to, to be a part of that and I it's been only a, a month but I like it pretty much and I think it's a, a growing work because every day we get new competition requests we get new people asking if they can have a competition in their country and I think the WCA will will be much bigger in the future we we may have to move to seven or nine or 15 members in in some years so I think we we have to keep up the good work that's been done for Ron, for example. He's been there for I don't know, twelve years or something yeah. like that. He's he's been there since the very beginning. He's very passionate. I don't think he's going anywhere soon. So I'm I'm just happy to work with 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 him and with Nathan, who's been doing a, a, a great job in South America because I actually don't know the other communities very well. I went to Chile once, but that was in 2009, and the growing scene here in, in South America is pretty much because of Natan. He's traveled to a lot of countries. He chose new delegates so people can have competitions without him going there every every time, and it's it's been growing uh, mostly because of, of, of him. And I think he was pushing to to have the world championship here because we we were not really planning that this this soon we probably wanted to to host it like two years from from now but when the opportunity came we had a good venue we have the the venue is actually a very large school in Sao Paulo and they're helping us a lot with a lot of stuff. They arrange our, our trips to, to this pre-competition so we could go there and test stuff. They helped us during the whole competition with lighting, with tables, with food, with their own own staff was, was helping us at, at some point. So we're very pleased with, with them, I think. They're doing a great job, and we'll have a great competition in, in July. And I'm I'm kind of used to our to being a an organizer and having all this preparation going because I, as I said, I 
organize pretty much every competition I go. So this is just a very bigger one, a, a, a much bigger task, and we're we're having stuff being done by many people, so we can get every uh, all all things ready and in in time for the competition. Interesting. Um, one of our listener questions was actually. Uh, they really wanted to know what uh, the board does. It's a kind of a closer look into the uh, WCA internals, like how does it work? So like what responsibilities do you have being on the board and what are they responsible well, for? Yeah, the, the board is responsible for approving new competitions. So we get a lot of emails from delegates and organizers wanting to host competitions. We have to make sure they can do stuff correctly, they have a delegate who's, who's attending, they have a good venue, they have a website, and they're respecting the one month uh, is it time. Is it still one month? For the announcement. Or is it two weeks? If they, well, the, the recommended is one month, but we'd, we've, we've been doing some with less than a month. If they have a good reason for, for that, there was a case last week when the, the organizer told us the venue could only be booked within a month, so he couldn't book before, and he, we, were, we announced it like 25 days or, or something, but he had advertised the, the competition already, so it, it, it was fine. It's really a case-by-case by case thing, but the usual time we, we ask is that is one month because people have to make travel plans and get hotels and get cheap tickets so if you announce too close you're, you're not gonna have many people going and you're not gonna enjoy it too much so but the board also has to supervise everything that's going on we have some committees for dealing with specific stuff like the regulations committee the disciplinary committee and they take care of those those hard cases when people break some rule or they behave in a bad way or they steal something but we we also have to check every competition report and sometimes we have to take action or make a decision about some incident where the delegate was was not sure or if they ask us in the middle of the competition this just happened what should I do we try to answer that very quickly so they can move on and we're just uh, supervising the whole thing making sure people are, are doing the correct procedures they're following the regulations they're having competitions with the spirit of the WCA which is just to have fun not just compete but to have fun to meet friends and to have a good environment so we have a lot of email coming every every day. We have some crazy requests. We had a, one last, I, I think this week, of one guy saying, oh, I have two kids who are going to run a, a, a marathon solving cubes. So what can you do to, to help us? <laughs> and we were like, well, we can point you to the, the area delegate so they can... I don't know, maybe advertise or help scramble cubes or something like that. But sometimes we just have to direct people to, to talk to the right person. We are that. We just coordinate 
in uh, requests which come to us and we forward them to the the right people so they can answer and they can move on yeah that's that's really interesting because I remember Philip Espinoza a United States competitor ran a marathon while solving a whole bunch of cubes and he yeah I saw that yeah he posted in uh, in the speed solving forums which is and he was asking if anybody would be available in and was in the area in order to help him out by scrambling and he had found people that he'd known for years and years but in a, in such a case like this where you have, you have two kids trying to do the same thing uh, and they don't have nearly the same connections uh, or nearly the same cubing history and or nearly the same amount of friends or what have you I I personally wouldn't have thought to contact the WCA board. Um, yeah, me neither. <laughs> I don't know. People just... I think they just go to the the website and see the email there and send. They say, oh, this is the organization who takes care of, of Cubans, so let me send them a message. But there was nothing we, we could do, really. We just sent him the emails from... I think Bob Burton and Chris Kruger, so they could contact them and see what they could maybe do to to help. But the, there was nothing we, as the board, could actually do. But people, I I think they just go for the the main people, and they hope we 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 can point them in the right direction. Yeah, and it it sounds sounds like you do, and you try. Uh, you obviously tried doing your best in order to get people to where they need to go. As far as decisions go with the board, uh, as far as things go with like uh, you guys, what what do you got, what have you guys done? You approve competitions, you approve new events, you do you approve regulations. What other what other things do you guys do as the board? Yeah, about the regulations, I'm still not sure. I've been in the board for just a month, but I think the WRC, which is the Regulations Committee, they write the new regulations, they listen to delegates, to people all over the world to come up with changes or something that needs to be added, and then the board will just maybe approve that, but we don't actually write the new regulations that's why we we have that particular committee so we we i i think yeah. the board gives the final word on what changes and what stays but it's the wrc who does the the bigger part of of this this job regarding regulations yeah uh what about adding events? I remember Skew was added last year, and I was very excited. <laughs> yeah, uh, people I was, were, were crazy about that. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think about... Is there any possibility of adding any new events soon, do you think? Uh, what would be required of somebody in order to get that done? Because I, 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 in addition to being very interested in Skew solving, initially at least, now not so much... I'm also very interested in Team Blindfolded, and I understand that the WCA database is not in any sort of state right now to try adding an event like that. Uh, but uh, as far as far as the board is concerned, uh, what would go into such such a decision? Well, I think it's not only the database; it's the the hard point of making good regulations for for that. For example. Uh, what 
would would be the requirements for the blindfold will you hold a paper between the the person solving and the cube but that's i don't think that's going to work but if you don't hold a paper you can have the guy picking through the blind the blindfold so that's there's a lot of of small stuff that was discussed I think some years ago they have a they had a big discussion and at the speed soul forum but nothing really concrete was was reached so I think for a new event to be added we would have to have uh, a great interest from different parts of the world not only some regions here and there but we would also need consistent regulations they have to be consistent with what we have now they have to be easy to enforce and easy to 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 follow because if it's too troublesome we're probably not adding anything but if someone can come up with a good procedure and good regulations for team blind photo for example i i think the board would would consider that i i'm not sure what was the the process behind adding skew if I remember cor uh, correctly there was a one year with unofficial competitions having skew or having skew uh, at official competitions but not counting for the official rankings and then since the interest was 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 big people were having those regularly the board decided to add but I, I wasn't a, a part of that discussion of that discussion so I, I don't really know what would it take exactly but as I said I think a good interest good regulations and a good procedure so we we can have that standard to follow in any competition which decides to to hold that new event whatever it may may be so let's talk a little bit about uh, speed cubing's increase in popularity recently uh, the competitor limits are becoming more and more common. Even Worlds has a competitor limit this year. I feel like competitor limits, or at least extremely low cutoffs in events including 3x3, will be necessary in the future with the rate that cubing is growing if we want to keep the same number of events and rounds at local competitions. Perhaps 100 competitor limits will be commonplace, and registration could fill up in a matter of days. How do you feel about this? Well, uh, the Worlds have have a limit because of space really we the the venue is not that big so we cannot hold more than 500 people competing because we think there will be people just watching and just get uh, wanting to know what's what's going on so we put that that 500 people limit mainly because of the venue constraints and I think that's the case for most competitions which have a competitor limit you don't have a room big enough for a hundred people so you better limit the amount of registered competitors so they can all have a better experience and and as you said i i think as the community grows and speed cubing grows we will probably have smaller competitions in a lot of places instead of big competitions in you know in a single place where everybody would would go because it will get too crowded and people won't be able to to find good venues for for that so i think maybe we will have uh, i don't know 100 people competing at three different cities in the same day because you cannot fit all 
those in the same place but I think that's both both good and bad because growing is good but as we grow we cannot uh, have everybody in the same place at the same time so I think it's a, a natural thing that will will happen and hopefully we'll be able to keep growing even if we don't have those big competitions anymore do you feel that the uh, WCA is prepared for this massive growth in cubing I, I think so we we have a, a good database system we have a good website team who is constantly working with improving and we we have some very dedicated people thinking about new stuff about what's going on what's good and what's bad and I think we'll be able to sus sustain a, a growing scene for some years to to come I, I don't think the cubing will outgrow the, the WCA or I don't want to let that happen at least I'm not sure if we will succeed but that's the idea we'll, we want to keep growing as, as cubing grows so we can uh, continue to, to have good competitions with good environments with good people and just a lot of fun uh, you talked a little bit about how small competitions are going to be have to spread out a lot and we're going to have multiple and the same day and that kind of stuff but we're going to still have like the large scale world championships and nationals types things yeah. um, do you think it's going to be fair or unfair to have uh, prerequisites or qualifications just to get into these large competitions Oh, I think it, it will be necessary. Maybe it's not fair, but since we expect a, a growth, I, I think these big events will maybe become like the big events in other sports, like, I don't know, basketball or track and field, where you, you, you have to qualify to be in a world championship, or swimming, for example. They have qualification times you have to meet, so you can compete in a in a in a big competition, and if we have more and, and, and more local competitions, people will have ch uh, chances to to meet people and to and make new friends and have fun. But the big scale competitions will probably have to be a little more exclusive, not in the sense that we want to exclude people, but we won't be able to to have everybody who's willing to to go so we probably will have a waiting list or something like that so if uh, someone can't go we, we we can call the next person in the list so i i think that's something that's maybe not not very good but will be necessary in the future since we or we will have to start having competitions in a a soccer stadium to fit <laughs> everybody and and have the competition last for yeah. one week so everybody can oh, can boy. have a chance but i don't think that's that's very practical to to do oh, i'm just imagining that mm -hmm. now I'm imagining the stands all full of people absolutely silent during blindfolded finals or th three by three finals and just <laughs> how much tension in the room there would be. oh that's yeah oh, that's scary and it, ma it makes me uncomfortable to think about oh boy yeah that's that's probably really good but impossible to to get because at our competitions sometimes people won't be quiet so we have to 
quietly ask them to shut up but in a big stadium there's you you would have to have a microphone and then you you say please quiet and that's loud enough to disturb people competing so unless we have a very very educated audience that's something i think won't won't happen in the near future yeah honestly at this this year's u.s nationals it's being held at a resort and i i remember that last year's nationals there was a cap at 500 competitors and the year before that was world championships here in the u.s where we had near 600 competitors um do you foresee like cubing events getting so large that we can't possibly that 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 we try finding a venue that might be too large do you think that we could get too big of scale in order to um in order to even hold from a logistical standpoint yeah i think that that's a possibility we would have to i think the the vegas venue was was very big right i don't know if you guys were were there but from the pictures it looked very very big so it was for a competition that that size you would need hotels and i don't know convention centers or something like like that or maybe we would have to start building venues for for cubing <laughs> oh my god oh, that would be that would be so cool yeah that oh. that would be awesome we could have i don't know oh, a big screen showing live video of, of the competition and another screen showing the results and i don't know built-in displays for like big displays not the ones yeah. we we have now and the perfect table arrangement and chairs and the perfect stage so we would build some kind of arena just for cubing but i don't (laughs) think that's that's very near to us now but i think we if if cubing grows like too much we may start to have uh, competitor limits not just because of the venue but from a uh, as you said the logistic would be too complicated even if you have the space to to have a thousand people competing, you would probably need five or six delegates and I don't know a hundred and and fifty people in in staff. So that's that's <laughs> oh very hard to to gather, and I think that would would probably just be way too too hard to to manage. So we probably wouldn't accept or allow a, a competition like 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 that but if we ever become i don't know a professional sports organization we may start thinking about stuff like like that if track and field or soccer or basketball can have big competitions spread through the year we could have something like like that maybe have worlds split in several competitions in 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 a lot of places and you you have points for each competition or something like 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 that but as we continue to grow we may not be able to to have a single world championship because there would be too too many people wanting to participate yeah oh yeah i remember being at las vegas for uh, the world championships in 2013 and i had many friends Many friends of mine were on the staff. I, I was able to see all the see all this amazing logistical stuff going on. It gets 
That competition, Mitch, you probably agree, that, that competition was clockwork. It was amazing it was... how everything was so efficient and how they, like, managed to do 3x3 three three so quickly. Yeah, because I think they got through all of the non-staff 3x3 three three done in, what, two hours? Cool, that's, that's very yeah. fast. 600 competitors almost. Yeah, it... Uh... That's unbelievable. Like, and they had twenty-four timing stations on the main stage. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of scared to think that uh, if cubing in the U.S. and globally tends to grow, just how how many stations <laughs> will have to run? Yeah, you, oh, you need I, like fifty stations and five-day oh competitions. Boy. Oh, it's crazy. Oh. It, uh, that's a, that's that's almost insane. a week. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's that's good. We would probably. I don't want to think about it. I get tired. At, like yeah, for when I'm like <laughs> two hour two hours into a competition, like I get tired in the middle of a three by three self. So it's just yeah. like <laughs> imagine doing that for yeah. five days straight. Long long competitions are probably not not very fun because you you have to to hang out too you you can't be just focused and stressed for yeah. five days in a row that's that's too too oh, harsh yeah. i remember seeing tyson at world championships i remember like passing by and and he was <laughs> like the look on his face was please don't talk to me because i have way too many <laughs> things to think about to have that much stress on <laughs> so many people to make sure the competition goes goes along with as with as few problems as possible that it, it's a nightmare, and I'm I'm always impressed by how well all of that goes on. I'm very excited to see what cubing's going to be in the future. What, what cubing, from a logistical standpoint of running competitions, is going to be like in the future. Because Mitch and I run competitions here in the San Francisco area, and we just about a, m a month ago had a competition where we had 150 people coming to a local competition, and we tr two days every event except for two by two it was it was crazy and I, I can't possibly imagine what it would be like to try hosting something with 600 competitors that's just, it, it blows my mind to think that any competitions could possibly get that big and bigger yeah yeah so thanks to Corey Sikowski for this question it it was very we've had it on the show a couple times now and it's a really good question to ask um, just anyone because it makes them really think about the future state of the WCA and all that kind of stuff. So thanks again. Yeah, thank you so much, Corey. All right. So So you want to do the fun stuff now? Yeah, let's get to the fun stuff. All right. So we were waiting for it the whole episode. We're finally going to do Skype Team Blind with Pedro. So traditionally, just so you know, traditionally all of our guests call the moves and the hosts try getting the cube to be solved by following those moves. And um, every time the guest has has given very easy codes, such as okay. for PLLs like T permutation or like Y perm or do fru rough like F R U R prime U prime F prime, or just straight up calling the call, calling the moves as they look yeah. like R U R prime, etc. So, how would you like to do it this time? Uh, I we we use some some codes here but they're in portuguese so it probably wouldn't make sense but <laughs> we we have this for example if you're gonna insert the the pair with r u r prime we call it fishing the 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 edge 
because you you use the corner to 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 fish that edge and and bring it in, but <laughs> I, I think it would be too too hard for me to try to ex to explain what we we use here. So I'll probably just say, are you are are prime and hope I don't mess them up. <laughs> okay, this is gonna be fun for all of us. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm gonna post it. Uh, oh, yes. Everybody, wait. We all have the scramble. It's in the show notes at the very bottom. There's also okay, an alg.cubing.net link to check that your cube is, um, the, your scrambled cube is correct. Okay, um, so let me scramble. All right. And I have scrambled correctly. One moment. Oh, yeah, there's a nice, okay. there's a nice two by two by two. I might do this in FMC later. Yeah, I can't really see that. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I, I, I usually do, not not usually, but sometimes I do long crosses with simple thinking. But this cross doesn't look bad, I think. Yeah, All I right. think we can have a good time on, on, on this. So let me see the rotation first. Okay. Oh, let me check the cube actually just yeah it's scrambled correctly all right everybody ready okay yep yep so are you timing this i will yeah okay so can i start yeah start yep. whenever you're ready okay so you're gonna do a z2 y and r prime f l f and then D2 F prime and F prime U2 F U prime L prime UL and then you rotate Y UR U prime R prime U and then fish does it make sense yeah. <laughs> okay, so you do yeah. U R prime U R rotate Y no actually uh U U prime R U prime R prime then rotate I uh, Y prime U L prime U prime L U prime L prime UL. Um, then you do a Y rotation, do the FRU cross orientation, then U2 and assume. And then it's the U perm uh, counterclockwise on the back. And then align U at the end. Ooh, I almost have it. And I have first two layers done. Mm -hmm. I have the cross on top, but I don't have... My corners are not oriented. Oh. Waffle, what do you have? Uh, I have OLL. I have one F2L slot and <laughs> cross <laughs> and one, uh, one F2L corner. That's oh, it. boy. I think I, I messed up at the third bear or something. I, I was going to do a 
R2, R prime insertion, but it was gonna give me a bad case for the last pair, so I probably got confused on, on that and didn't call correctly. Well, Waffle, Waffle and I had first two oh, layers, so I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I have first maybe, two layer done, yeah. I probably missed um, a prime somewhere or maybe, added maybe. a prime where there was none. Yeah, it's it's hard. I I I never call solves in English, so yeah. <laughs> I don't usually think of solves that that way. It's it's hard enough to to say what you're doing and to do it in English. In Portuguese, it, yeah. <laughs> First in Portuguese and then have to like make it <laughs> into English. Oh, that's that's hard. Well, thank you for that. Uh, for all you listeners out there, let us know what you got on your cube, and send us your images and. If anybody got a solved cube, I will be very impressed because that was, <laughs> I I I had through F two L. I had the cross on. Yeah, top, yeah, same, same. Did you, what did you end with? Did you end with a with a pie case swafo? Uh, I don't recall. I wasn't looking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean when you took off the blindfold. Uh, I have OLL done. Get OLL done. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So we'll figure it out. I'll transcribe the I, audio yeah. and figure out what happened. Yeah, but hopefully yeah. someone got it right. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I was close. I was really hoping I would get this. Uh, <laughs> so you I haven't gotten got a single team line so far. Any, yeah. any, any, any time? Did it work? Um, we got it with... Well, Jay last time solved it into the cube in a cube pattern, and oh. I got it. <laughs> Noah did it, it. He did checkerboard. Yeah, he Noah solved it in the checkerboard pattern using... Um, yeah, blind. Blind. Um, <laughs> using, using a blind method, um, using a blind solving method. Kit Clement, he was he was actually here. Uh, we recorded with Kit Clement. Uh, Mitchell, Kit, and I were here in my room, just recording because we all happened to be in the same place. So it worked out really nicely. Uh, so he was actually watching our cubes, seeing what we were doing, and noticing oh. how lost we were along the way. <laughs> and with Colin Burns, I don't think we got it. I don't remember for sure. Yeah, though. we just didn't get Colin. Yeah. So far, I haven't had a single success. <laughs> so, it's a bit disappointing, but you know what? There's always next time. There's always next time. We're right. our next guest. Yeah, so thank you so much, Pedro, for being on the show. Uh, I'm really pleased that this went as well as it did, and uh, I'm, I'm really pleased to hear that you and the, the speedcube community in Brazil and in South America is doing very fine and Thanks well. Thanks a lot for, and for having me for this opportunity to talk a little about what we've been doing and what we're planning for for worlds i i think it's going to be great if you guys can can be here we'll be very happy to have a, a great competition yeah yeah thanks so much i don't think what mitch are you, are you planning on going nope <laughs> it's a little bit too expensive yeah for me yeah unfortunately traveling to brazil or from brazil to the u.s it's I don't know why it's very very expensive. Sometimes it's cheaper to go to Europe from from here than to the U.S. I don't understand why, but the companies are just stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's really no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> so that concludes our episode. Submit your questions at cubecast@gmail.com or on our Facebook page or in our speed summing thread or as comments to our YouTube videos. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time. See ya. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> we could never end the show. We <laughs>